Welcome to the Marie Manucherry Show, where energy and medicine meet. I will be your host for the next hour. I have over 16 years of professional healthcare experience and began my career as an energy medicine practitioner while working as an oncology nurse in a Seattle area hospital. My medical background combined with intuitive insights and skill in moving energy have been a catalyst for transformation in many people's lives. I hope the next hour will be transformative for you as well. And welcome to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We are live here in getting sunnier Seattle. It's actually, it's, it's a little chilly, but Eric has told me it's getting warmer and warmer. And tomorrow it's going to be gorgeous, he said. That's right. It looks like it's uh, warming up to around 70 degrees with yes. lots of sunshine. Oh, so. I'm so excited. Alyssa and I will be in coffee shops throughout Kirkland working on edits on chapters. So I'm thrilled that it'll be beautiful out. Maybe you'll have to take a break and go sit by the lake for I a know. Bit. It's going to be awful. Just just terrible. Well, it is Thursday here on the Marie Manu Cherry Show where energy and medicine meet. And on Thursdays, I interview people who I believe are on the leading edge of thought, whether they're authors or healthcare practitioners or philosophers of some sort. Um, I believe in bringing all kinds of information to the public's realm, not just my perception. And uh, so today we have in with us Dr. Jessica Sapoff, who is a natural health dentist here locally in Seattle. And I just loved reading about her. Jessica actually, or not Jessica, Alyssa um, introduced me to Dr. Sapoff. Um, about a month ago, and had me look at her website and all these wonderful things about her, and I was just very impressed. So Dr. Sapoff graduated from Georgetown University School of Dentistry in 1989. She has been practicing a holistic dentist for over 10 years. Dr. Sapoff um, created Natural Dental Health Association in 1998 with the vision to make natural, holistic dentistry an alternative choice available to a wide range of people. Before dentistry, Dr. Sapoff began her collegiate experience by studying fine arts at the University of Massachusetts, she explored, um, explored many realms of art, including paint making, drawing, engraving, sculpture, pottery, glass blowing, and jewelry making. That's amazing, Dr. Safoff. Welcome to the show, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. I mean, to be an artist, I think is, uh, I mean, for I think anyone in any realm of life, but particularly people who, you know, study medicine or um, have a lot of science in their background, to have um, creative outlets is so important. Yes, yeah, so I think it um, it let me look at everything from another point of view. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure your work's beautiful, by the way. I haven't seen any of it, but I'm sure it's beautiful. Well, thank you. I Once I got involved with um, more academic pursuits, I haven't done quite as much art, but I did a lot of portraiture and, and a lot of really kind of detail, like printmaking is very detailed, mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. processes and um, and engraving, of course, very detailed. I even engraved glass for a while. Wow, that's gorgeous. That's beautiful. So when you entered in dentistry school, did you plan on being a natural health dentist? Was that your dream? Well, actually, it's kind of interesting the way it kind of came together because when I was a teenager, um, and that was a long time ago, back in the back in the 70s, anyway, <laughs> um, age myself, um, we, we overhauled our kitchen and we... In our family, we, we went to completely whole foods and, you know, supplementing intelligently and uh, got rid of a lot of toxic, over-processed stuff. And, and so from that point, I was already, like, considering myself not really mainstream anymore. Right. From that point. Ah, mm-hmm. But from the time I was about 12, I really wanted to be a dentist. Mm. I kind of knew mm. from around age 11 or 12 that that's what I was going to be doing. Wow. But I went to art school first. By the time I was in graduate school, I 
realized that it was time to go to dental school, and, mm-hmm. and I, I couldn't say no to it at that point. It was a very strong impulse, and so I went ahead and did that, and that was six more years of school for me. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I had to go back to undergrad. I, I had done nothing but play and take art classes right. for all that time, and so I went back and did all the microbiology and chemistry right. and physics and everything, and then four years on top of that of dental school. Wow. And, and yeah, so when I was in dental school and in all that academia, I had already learn to look at things, you know, from other points of view and, and try on other people's um, opinions and views just to see what fits and what doesn't. And, you know, that's how I learn. That's how I learn. I don't just dismiss, mm-hmm. you know, other opinions just mm-hmm. because they don't match mine. Mm-hmm. So, so that's kind of the way I already operated. So in a way, you know, you know it wasn't like you went into med- medicine and went, oh, wait a minute, I don't want to do it that way. You know, you already probably had that common sense and that instinct about, well, what are the other ways we can do things? Yeah, like there must be some less invasive way to do this. Why does this have to be so painful, isn't there? And I also um, come from, you know, a family that had a lot of engineers. And so I I tend to look at things and say, wait a minute, I think there's an easy way to do this. And, you know, that's, uh, that's just how I approach everything. Well, that's very fortunate. Also, your office um, goes to great effort to use renewable resources and recycle whenever possible, and has yeah. earned you earned the Enviro Star's highest rating. I did. I also received a um, uh, what is it called? Green, green Globe. Globe. Yes, that's yes, what it was. from Recently. King County. That's amazing. That was really great. Yeah, congratulations. That's fantastic. Well, thank you. Yeah, I just believe in not, um, not you know in treading lightly and not leaving a trace if we can avoid it, and just being very very kind and gentle to our planet. Mm-hmm. And so you must be that way with people's mouths, too. Yes, I am. <laughs> I, whatever is the least toxic or least invasive way to do something, I've gone and gotten extra training to make sure I know wow. what is state-of-the-art as wow. far as those alternatives. In mm-hmm. every area of dentistry, there are other ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Right, there, there is. I remember when I was learning how to prepare sterile field when I would be assisting a physician doing some sort of procedure. And after we all learned how to do it expertly, our teacher said, and there are many ways to do this. That's you know? right. There are many ways to do everything. Yeah, it's beautiful. So some of your favorite topics, of course, are fluoride in our water, which we'll get into, and amalgams, which I have questions about that. Um, the mouths, and you know, my family's very holistic. I was born, um, we're probably the same age. Uh, I grew up as a teenager in the 70s, and uh, my mother was very health conscious. We ate organic food. But our whole family had a lot of problems with our teeth. And I have a mouthful of amalgams, by the way. You'd probably fall over if you saw how many I had in my <laughs> mouth. And um, and so I'm just really grateful I have teeth because a lot of people in my family are missing teeth. And, and so I'm always just thrilled that I'm able to do that. But So, so we'll talk about amalgams. And then um, I think one of the – I know for me, I got even more interested in dentistry when my children were quite young, making decisions for them mm-hmm. um, so that they wouldn't have amalgams in their mouth and uh, so that they would also avoid any serious dental problems in, in their future. I, I know that was important to me. And so we'll talk about that. And also xylitol because I, I, there's a controversy about that. And sometimes what could be considered exciting news. So I'd love to have, of course, your intake, your take about that. But how about fluoride first? Because I think you're a proponent against fluoride in the water, correct? Correct. I'm against all mass medication. <laughs> <laughs> and you're funny, too. We, we need to tell people about your blog because... Oh. Uh, I have some of your outtakes on your blog, and they made me crack up. Oh, You're good. quite funny. I love that when we talk about something serious like our health, but lighten up about it, you know? Thank you. Yeah, I love that. So so you think we should take all mass medication out of the water? Right. I just don't believe in mass medicating. And I mean, there are plenty of people who, 
you know, let's let's just assume for one second that fluoride actually prevents decay, right? Not right. everybody's got decay. True. Right. So mm-hmm. why, you know, and we shouldn't just assume it's so safe that it's okay to give it to everybody whether they need it or not. I mean, we would never do that with any medication. Right. right? Although we seem to kind of do it with antidepressants. You know, it seems like it's something that we over-prescribe um, to. That's almost as ubiquitous as fluoride. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's amazing to me how many clients I see who are on numerous, not just one, because, of course, one doesn't work. So then they get a second, like, well, butrin, and then, of course, now they're trying to brand new one because the other two aren't working. So if your antidepressants aren't working, try this one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. So what do you think is the cause of why it seems like our younger people, you know, because that's part of the argument that we it's the reason why we have less cavities or decay in the mouth is because um, of the fluoride in the water. Like my children, two of my kids never had uh, any cavities. Only one um, did and only in her baby teeth. So I'm just which is very different than my siblings and I who, again, you know, we could win the amalgam award in our family. So. <laughs> So what do you think is the reason behind that then? Well, I think that that sounds good, you know, Mm -hmm. to say that because we've been using fluoride for a while, you know, that that's why decay rates went down. But actually, decay rates have gone down everywhere equally, whether whether it was a fluoridated community or not. So you have to really look at the huge epidemiological studies, especially the ones where the people who did them got fired from their (laughs) (laughs) jobs. Because wow. these huge epidemiological studies mm-hmm. show unequivocally that it makes no difference whether there's fluoride, partial fluoride, or no fluoride in communities. There's no there's no statistical difference in decay rates, and I'm talking about enormous epidemiological epidemiological right. studies. Right. But but there was a difference in hip fractures. Huh. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. Huh. That's very interesting. Oh, so you think fluorides are related to hip fracture? Well, <laughs> I'm going to let people go online right. and Google that. Yeah. Oh, right, that's, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's the implication there. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. Well, mm-hmm. I'm a person who doesn't drink tap water. You know, I mean, I drink bottled or I have my, the water that I do drink at home is highly, you know, filtered right. to get as many residual of whatever happens right, to be in right. the water. Um, but I think that's fascinating. I think that's a really great point, you know, that if we're doing grand studies, you know, worldwide, that probably one of the reasons why we have a decrease in decays because of education. Um, yes, yeah. that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just how our bodies respond to our environment mm-hmm. over time does change. I mean, the whole way that we as a population respond to infectious diseases, I mean, you could mm-hmm. say it's because of antibiotics, but actually, they don't you know, there are tre- that's right, <laughs> there are trends, there are things, there are, you know, responses to diseases that preceded the um, vaccine initiations, right? right. So there's, mm-hmm. there's just a lot of uh, data that mm-hmm. is inconvenient. Right. And doesn't get um, like, for instance, when they did the original tests on fluoride in the 50s, mm-hmm. um, they, you know, yeah, they used it one city and they fluoridated and then they had the control city. And when the decay rate went down in the city where they were using the toothpaste, mm-hmm. they said, wow, look, the decay rate's going down in the city where there's fluoride being used. Uh, OK, end of story. Right. They didn't tell you that the other city, the decay rate went down also. They just never Talk right. about that part. And, in, and, and who it, thinks to ask? Right. Because, and, you know, Americans were learning to be a little bit more discerning. We're not that great at it, I think. I mean, some people are, like your, yourself and myself. You know, yeah. we, we tend to be more discerning, but um, we were raised to be that way. Right. You know? um, and I was raised on the East Coast, so I had, oh. to, I had to let go of the resignation and cynicism that goes along <laughs> with that from the East Coast. Well, well welcome to the West Coast where Thank we you. smile a lot. and yes. Yeah. 
yes. I've tried to learn to be nice. Yes. <laughs> you are very nice. You're lovely. Um, so I, was, I had read one of your blogs this morning or a piece of it, and this was dated March 29th, and you talk about tests, actually, or reports, you know, that are misleading, mm-hmm. you know, where who is actually doing the research, how much are they getting paid for their research, and are they researching everything, or is it just a piece of the pie? And when we look at holistic medicine overall, which is what you practice in your healthcare, is is as what we look at the whole picture, not just a low thyroid or one area of recessed gum. We look at the whole mouth or all of the endocrine organs to see what's happening that's making the thyroid talk to us, you know. And right. and so that's the difference with research too. Is obviously real accurate research is going to take a lot of time, years and years of study, looking at what kind of toothpaste which was each city using. What ingredient was different in the toothpastes? You know, mm-hmm. how much yeah, you- there are just, you know, and, and there's never going to be definitive proof. There's only uh-huh. a preponderance of evidence for anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you're also very, um, what you want for your patients to do is to make their own decisions. Right. My, my goal is to make sure that they're fully informed. And because of the, um, you know, restrictions on, licensure and, you know, some of the language in the ADA Code of Ethics, um, I, like, they actually have in the Code of Ethics that it's unethical to suggest that somebody have their amalgams replaced on the grounds that it could be toxic. Wow. We actually are not permitted to say that. Hmm. So, so we have to kind of dance around it Mm -hmm. and, and make sure that they're seeing, you know, a physician that's knowledgeable who can say, oh yeah, uh, mercury's toxic. Right. You know, mercury is mercury is mercury. There's no non-toxic form of mercury. And believe it or not, if you ask most dentists that are mainstream or still using mercury, they actually believe that the... Right, they do. They believe this is a different mercury. This mercury is okay. And the amount that you're getting is is actually never been shown to cause any specific disease. But the tobacco industry got away with that argument for a long time. Long time, right. Right. If you can't prove your lung can't, you didn't, that you didn't breathe something else that could have caused it, then, you know, you can't prove it was a cigarette. Right, right. And so in a way, they're believing research rather than common sense. You know, it's, which also, I mean, and we're going off topic here, what I'm about to bring up, but, you know, it's kind of like it's common sense not to put a nuclear power plant on an island in the Pacific Ocean. It's just <laughs> common sense to me. I don't know, um, but that's just kind of how well, I feel. how about an island that happens to be prone to earthquakes? Yeah, and it's <laughs> already pretty toxic already. It's not a very healthy area at, and, and hasn't been for a while, actually. So yeah, right, exactly. So I'm so enjoying the conversation with you today um, here on the show. And we, co- of course, we look forward to callers who want to call in and ask you questions about their health and dental or otherwise, because you're very wise and you care about the whole person, which I can tell when people come in, you're not just looking at their mouth, you're looking at their whole being, which is such a blessing. And But we're going to take a break here on the Marie Manucherry Show, and then we'll return with Dr. Jessica Sapoff. Yes, great fun. Have you ever wondered who you were in a past life? Or what you did exactly? How your life even ended? Did you know that your past lives play a pivotal role in who you are today? Come learn about your past lives at my Past Life Integration Workshop, Saturday, July 23rd, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Courtyard by Marriott on Lake Union. All of these situations don't have to replay in your current lifetime. During this day-long interactive workshop, I will share my interpretation of your past lives and offer healing techniques to serve as a catalyst for positive change in this lifetime. Sign up online at energyintuitive.com 
or call my office at 425-825-5671 to register. See you there. If you want to know how to get in touch with Marie or find out what's on her calendar, there's a variety of ways to do so. Become Marie's friend on Facebook or follow her on Twitter. Check out Marie's new website. It has a whole new look and added features like Chakra of the Month and a live Twitter feed. Sign up for Marie's free newsletter. Each quarter, she writes an in-depth article in response to Dear Marie questions. Email Marie if you'd like your question to be answered in an upcoming edition. For more information, visit Marie's website, energyintuitive.com, or call 425-825-5671. Ziggy is a cartoon icon, and Tom Wilson, the man who brings him to life, is our guest on Manson Mitchell in the Morning. Alicia Michelle is back in studio with her treasure trove of astrological insights and, as always, is ready to take your calls. Rosemary Ellen Guiley is internationally famous for her research into some of the eeriest mysteries in the world. Meet this paranormal celebrity in our noon hour. That's Manson Mitchell, Saturday morning at 10, followed by the Gary Mance Show at 11 Pacific. Are you looking for tools to enhance your life or to bring those things you desire into your life? Marie offers a variety of CDs to help you do just that. Get acquainted with your seven primary chakras and balance your human energy system. Or is embracing your intuition what you're looking to learn? Or would you rather focus on a healthy immune system? These CDs and more are available through Marie's website at energyintuitive.com. For a complete list of CDs available and their descriptions, please visit Marie's website today. Get current weather, traffic, and news. Visit 1150kknw.com and stay informed with Alternative Talk 1150 AM. And welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We are live here in Seattle, actually the south side of Bellevue. Gorgeous, beautiful territorial view from the radio station. Have you ever been in the studio before, Dr. Um, Sampoff? Sampoff, have you been in the studio before? Yep, I've been in there once. Oh, nice, mm-hmm. nice, nice. That's great. Um, so when we were off air, I was telling you my theory, which you told me is not true, um, because I had I stopped getting amalgams like in my mid-teens and uh, so I just have this area that I've already leached all the mercury into my body and so I don't need to have my amalgams <laughs> removed and you said no that's not true I like that one though that works for putting it off <laughs> it does yeah. doesn't it yeah, yeah it really it has so far yeah it's worked but yeah it's a good one and we also talked off air a little bit about um and we brought it up of course on air too about how you really like to um embrace your patient's choices right and so you give them all the information, and then whatever they decide, you're on board with their decision, celebrating and cheerleading their choices. Right. And I believe it's a human right to be fully informed. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, you know, to whatever level of detail a person wants. They don't have to have every gory detail, but they do need to have as much detail as they are asking for and mm-hmm. as they're interested in and as, the, as they need to know to make a basic decision. Mm-hmm. And they have a right to know what all the options are, even the options that, you know, I maybe don't do at my office or that I wouldn't choose for myself. They are, what I want for myself is the, the information so I can make my own choice. And mm-hmm. that's what I give my patients, right. the ability to make their own choice. That's what I would want. I think that's fantastic. And I certainly learned over the years in my own practice that if, if I can, because, you know, I can, I see this picture in my head and I can't deny it. You know, I, I really know that this particular surgery would work better or this particular herb. And I've given them the option, but I had a little while, it took me a little while to 
back down from my vision and support their choice, which was has worked much better in my practice. And then if, you know, people end up choosing what's in their highest good ultimately anyway, right. which is what I just love to watch. So it's kind of fun to see when people get creative about their choices too. I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, it's really a non-interference yeah. kind of approach so that yeah. I'm not interfering in their process and what they need to experience in life and which, which they know in their gut what mm-hmm. they need. Mm-hmm. And, and then when they, if they come back to you and say, okay, I think I do want to try it your way, they don't feel bad or you know, someone won, you know, they just feel like, oh, I got, I came to that decision all on my own, which is so delicious and beautiful. If that's their decision, whatever. Right. Yeah. It's just really lovely. So why don't we, Eric, go ahead and go to the phone lines. Let's do that. Uh, but before we do that, I, I do want to give out the phone number so folks can call in because we have a couple lines open. 425 373 5527. That's 425-373-5527 or toll free 877-825-8828. That's 877-825-8828. And now on the phone with us now, we've got Marjorie calling from Seattle. Hi, Marjorie. Hi. And what can Dr. Sapoff do for you today? Do you have a question for her? I do have a question. I was wondering if not having consoles affects your dental health. If not having tonsils, yeah, because tonsils are part of your immune system, and I was just wondering if that, if there's any correlation. Um, I think even though there's there's proximity there, to my knowledge, they don't directly affect anything. But you know, just like any other removal of a body part, your body learns to redirect energy there, and I. I don't, and you know, having them gone means you don't have this this place for bacteria to sort of hide in your throat, mm-hmm. and so, you know, it's it can be a good thing to have them be gone if they were infected, but I don't think that it necessarily affects the uh, the oral health directly. Okay, mm-hmm. great question. That's beautiful. Thank you for your yeah. wonderful answer. <laughs> yeah, that makes you happy, right, Marjorie? Yes. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you for calling in. Thank you. So when I look at energy medicine, Dr. Sapoff, um, of course, the fifth chakra governs the mouth, teeth and gums, and the upper GI area. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed in my practice when people start to become empowered, because I think of the fifth chakra as the highest personal power. Some people think it's a solar plexus, but I look at it slightly differently. And I, I notice that when people are becoming empowered, they make big changes in their mouth. Uh, it, maybe they would in their neck too. Maybe they find a chiropractor and readjust their cervical vertebrae. But I'll notice people get... Um, implants who've been missing teeth or people get braces all of a sudden. Um, and, and to me, it's a sign like, wow, they're really starting to take ownership of or, you know, embrace their power. They're starting to become a, a lot more independent. What things do you kind of notice? Because um, I know you like the chakras. Mm-hmm. So what do you notice um, in that fifth chakra? What stands out for you? Well, I I do. I have studied somewhat, mm-hmm. a little bit, the Louise Hay mm-hmm. uh, work. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my focus is on really people's self-expression mm-hmm. and the throat chakra. And is, is that the one that you were referring yes, to? Yes, yes. And mm-hmm. I, that's one of the things that I like to do is make sure people are able to voice what they need to in order to be present, you know, for their appointment. Mm-hmm. And that's really important, that self-expression. Mm-hmm. But I think that... That area is related to um, airway issues and sleep apnea and some of the other, um, you know, throat reflex, muscle reflex, swallowing. And when people start to heal in that area, they are going to begin to become more conscious of how their bite 
supports their whole overall structure. When you put your teeth together, that should be a proprioceptive anchor for the rest, for your entire skull and your neck and your whole spine down the, down mm-hmm. the line. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's where that increased consciousness is. Or maybe they're just feeling happier and want their smile right. to look good to match that. You know, they become more aware of how they look and, you know, how they say people will put a little makeup on if they're in a good mood and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. That maybe that sort of more superficial aspect to it. But I also think there's a structural mm-hmm. component. No, I agree. And I, I absolutely agree. It's where we speak our truth. I think that's why it empowers people because when you speak your truth, you're in your power you know, whatever that is for an individual. So yes, that's really great. Um, In fact, um, my dentist, you know, because I've had pockets, I know you're going to see me one of these days, I just (laughs) know it. And, uh, and he's always like, yeah, you're doing great. This is lovely. And I go, I'm telling you, because he goes, what are you doing? I'm going, I'm speaking my truth. I'm telling you. (laughs) He goes, okay. (laughs) I was not so sure about that. So we're going to go back to the phone lines. Who do we have, Eric? Takes me a second here to get the screen up. We've got Eric in Bellevue, but it's not me. It's a whole different Eric in Bellevue. <laughs> okay. Hi, Eric. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well, thanks. Great. Fine, thank you. Do you have a question for Dr. Sapoff? Yeah, I do. I was wondering if um, Dr. Sapoff is familiar or has heard about the, the therapy called oral systemic balance. Um, oh. it's, where, it's fairly controversial. It's where they put a device um, in your mouth. <clears throat> that moves your tongue forward because of um, oxygen saturation levels. Oh, yes, yes. I am familiar with that. There's a dentist in Tacoma that invented it, Dr. Robson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've done some research on the internet. Someone said I would be a good candidate for that, but it sounds like it's kind of mixed reviews on it. Yeah. It's fairly expensive, too. Mm-hmm. I, I went and listened to Dr. Robson and... I, I learned a little bit about it, and I've worked with some patients who had appliances that he had made and that other dentists who have learned from him have made. Right. And, you know, I haven't taken his course or done that training, so okay. I, can't, I can't speak entirely about what the theory is. And, and he doesn't reveal very much to a dentist unless they take his class. Mm. Oh, okay. So, but, but overall, I would say that if we needed an appliance in our mouth in order to get enough oxygen, there wouldn't be a human race. I mean, just like off the bat, I would just say, you know, most of, you know, we're humans, we're, we're walking, talking, and breathing, and we're probably getting enough oxygen if we're, you know, doing that right. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't like devices. I'm not big on devices. Right. Mm-hmm. I think the human body has what it needs to, you know, walk upright and survive and, and thrive on the planet without any, you know, tools. Mm-hmm. Really. That being said, my, my oxygen levels do drop when I walk, which... They're trying to figure out what's going on with that. Mm-hmm. It's probably, um, you know, more related to metabolic processes or not breathing, you know, fully. A lot of us don't. We, we have a little bit of, you know, upper chest breathing or something where, you know, I think we, we all could breathe more in a more relaxed way. We, we have, this is a pretty high-stress time to be on the planet, I would think. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, there's, there's pollution and there's toxicity that interferes with our um, ability to absorb and assimilate, you know, the nutrients and, and things that we need in our body. Mm-hmm. Does that help? Yeah, the, the, the only thing that I'm thinking while you're saying this, also, also I, I've been told by an ENT and also another dentist, I have a very large tongue, that my tongue is essentially too large for my mouth. So... Any ideas on how to approach that more holistically without 
implementing a device or pursuing that path? Well, that's interesting. It could be that your lower jaw has um, uh, become comfortable in a retruded position so that maybe the way your teeth meet actually has your jaw back a little bit further than it, it would be if your muscles were able to relax. And so it, it could be that the way your teeth came in, um, you, you got locked into a retreated jaw, which will make your tongue back a little too far. And, and the other thing is if you had ortho and they took teeth out and made your, your dental arches smaller, that would make less space for your tongue. And I, I've seen that many times. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Eric, for calling. That's a very yeah. interesting question. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, so you probably, you, cause we're going to talk about children's health as well. And, you know, kids get braces like twice now. They put them in braces like around eight for some reason. And then they put them again in their teenage years or early teens. That's a lot of movement and manipulation of their teeth. Yeah. Um, I, I see, I see some ortho that's done in kids that I don't think is, um, doing as much as maybe it could be at that stage. Mm-hmm. And I I like to, when I get in and do ortho on somebody that age, I'm not really considering straightening the teeth. What I'm doing at that stage is making room for the permanent teeth and mm-hmm. correcting the vertical height of the bite and, the, and letting the jaw come to a relaxed and balanced position with the muscles as they're growing and make sure the joint space is, you know, sufficient and, and kind of just get the whole system relaxed and in harmony with the neck and the rest of the posture mm-hmm. and then allow the permanent teeth to come in, you know, once we create space and shape the arches if needed, um, you know, if there's enough room, those permanent teeth will come in pretty straight wow. on their own. And so most of the cases that I do at that age don't go on to need more ortho. And if they do, it would be a really quick Invisalign, you know, a, as a teenager a or something just to, you know, uh, refine it a little. Wow, that is amazing. I mean, that in itself is, first of all, going to save a family thousands of dollars <laughs> and, you know, pain and frustration on the teenager. <laughs> you know? Right, and, and everything I do is removable. It's mostly removable appliances and no nickel, no metal. Wow, that's amazing. Wow. And the kids do great with it. Wow, I, I think that's fantastic because I think we have this idea or we've been fed this idea of what our mouth is supposed to look like. And then everyone's trying to make their mouth look the same when our mouths are unique and different. And a, lot of co- a lot of cosmetic dentistry is very cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like to find out, you know, people like the natural character of their smiles. And so if I'm just doing one tooth, I'll try to make that look like it grew there. I'll make it look like it fits in with the natural look of their smile. I and l- that takes a lot more art, believe me, than just... I bet it does. ...to a lab and having it come back wall to wall you know, perfect teeth kind of thing. Oh, I bet it does. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. So what age do you recommend that kids start seeing a dentist? Uh, They should probably start right around the teeth, you know, when the teeth first come in, just so they can have a ride in the chair and have fun and, you know, play with Mr. (laughs) Thirsty and meet us and get so we're not strangers to them. And that way, if they ever do have a problem, we're not strangers and the first thing we're doing isn't drilling on their teeth. You know, right. they've gotten to a place where it's fun and they come and they open their mouth, we count their teeth and they get a toy, you know. And so going to the dentist, we've already established that that's, you know, a fun activity. Mm-hmm. Who's yeah. Mr. Thirsty? Sorry, that's I, the, I need to That's the small that. suction. Oh, okay. Yeah, he wants all the extra water yeah. from your mouth. Yeah. All right, he yeah. is thirsty. He is uh-huh. thirsty. Yep. 
So we're going to take another break here on the Remenu Cherry Show. We're talking with Dr. Sapoff, and we're going to continue the conversation about children's health and dentistry and other things, of course. And we'll be right back. There's an exciting new astrology hour, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. with Deborah Silverman. Deborah's unique blend of psychology and astrology turns planetary language into plain English. Join us for an interactive hour that's guaranteed to give you personal insights in a fun and entertaining way. Tune in to Deborah Silverman Live. Whatever your life question, marriage, job, family, relocation, or just curiosity, call for a live reading Tuesdays at 5 p.m. And visit Deborah's website at DebraSilvermanAstrology.com. The Healing from Within, Supporting a Healthy Brain DVD is now available for purchase. Marie and Dr. Sheila Dunn-Merritt's third DVD covers the human brain in its entirety. They describe the brain as being a universe filled with multi-sensory abilities. Learn why neurotransmitters and serotonin levels can affect your mood. Gain knowledge about what vitamins and minerals are imperative to healthy aging. Exercises and meditations are included. If you haven't picked up your copy of the first two DVDs on detoxification or heart health, they're available online at www.energyintuitive.com or by calling 425-825-5671. Hi, I'm Lauren Archer. I'm a hypnotherapist that helps people change their energy by changing their mind. And I'm Lorelei Spiegelman, and I am an energy healer who helps people change their mind by changing their energy. Together, we're the Soul Sirens of Seattle, and we invite you to join us on our show, Inner Spirit Medicine, Mondays at 3, right here on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. To find out more about us, join us at our website at soulsirens.tv. Talk radio with a difference. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. And welcome back to the Marie Manu Cherry Show. We're live on Thursday. And of course, I interview wonderful and interesting, fantastic, I think, people on Thursdays. And we're interviewing Dr. Jessica Sapoff. She's a natural health dentist here in the Seattle area. Where is your office exactly, Dr. Sapoff? Um, it's in Issaquah. Okay. And it's on Gilman Boulevard. Oh, that's a great place. Yeah, right across from Gilman Village. Oh, yeah. Okay, great place to go shopping. And Issaquah has just blown up, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. It's so cute. I love it here. Oh, I mean, there, you, got, you guys have, like, Costco now, Fred Meyer. You have everything. I don't know if Costco and cute go together. But... <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, I, I agree with that. But, you know, at least you don't have to drive to Kirkland to go to Costco. You know, true. which is or kind Renton. of Or Renton, yeah, because Issaquah is a kind of a nice central area. It's, yep. You think it wouldn't be, but it really is. It's fascinating how that not, happened. It's not out in the boonies anymore. It is not out it's, in the it's boonies. It's moved into the metropolitan area. It has. It has. We're going to go to the phone lines and take our next caller's question. Let's talk to Gabby in Bellevue. Hi, Gabby. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. You have a question for Dr. Sapoff? Yes. Um, I was wondering why sometimes when I'm chewing, it happens, it seems to happen like occasionally, my jaw like pops in and out, and it's really painful. Okay. Um, have you had um, treatment of your teeth where your teeth were moved or your jaw? Have you ever had any jaw treatment or no. surgery? Okay. Um, basically, if your jaw is popping, it could mean that the, the little disc, which the little cushion in your jaw joint, isn't staying in place where it belongs as you open and close. Okay. And it's possible that there's a position for your jaw where you could 
you know, your teeth can be moved or changed a little bit so that you can bite in a slightly different position. And sometimes we can get it so that that disc stays where it belongs as you open and close and chew. And then it's much more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it involves making your bite a little taller. Sometimes it means your lower jaw has to come forward slightly. That's the most common. Um, but it's, it's actually, in most cases, pretty easy to correct that. And, uh, you know, and, and sometimes people can just wear an appliance at night that positions them where, the, where it doesn't pop and click like that. And that's enough to keep them comfortable. Mm-hmm. And they don't necessarily need, you know, more complex corrections for, um, during the day. But, oh, but that's yeah, great. That's, oh, okay. Definitely. Thank you. It sounds like a very standard TMJ kind of a problem. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, I was wondering um, it, about the fluoride in the water that you were talking about earlier. How could someone, like, remove that? Well, there are a couple of different kinds of fluoride that are used. One is um, sodium fluoride, and that dissociates in the water. It's a very tiny molecule, and most filters won't be able to filter that out except reverse osmosis or distillation. And the other kind of molecule is a fluorosilicate, which is is a waste product from the aluminum processing industry, and that has a fluoride component to it, but it remains kind of a big molecule. And Honestly, I have not been able to find out whether ordinary filters remove that, but I, I kind of feel like they probably do, hmm. but I can't guarantee that. Hmm. What about boiling? What no, boiling mm-hmm. concentrates it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So boiling actually concentrates fluoride? Right, because it concentrates everything huh. in there that doesn't come up in the steam. Wow. Amazing. That's amazing, which actually makes sense because that's something that we've talked about in terms of pesticide on fruits is there boiling them for like applesauce and apple juice, how it, it concentrated the, the, the toxins actually rather than dissipating them in any way. Yeah, that's fascinating, huh? And I love the idea, Gabby, that you could get a device just to wear at night. Yeah. I love that idea. For some people, that's, that's all that's needed, yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. It's a wonderful resolution. That's great. Thank you, Gabby, for calling. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so children's health, um, there's many ways that you can uh, make movements in their mouth as their adult teeth are growing in without wearing braces. I mean, of course, it's case-by-case basis, but you have found that fairly common in your practice. Yes, we we find that um, sometimes there's um, crowding because the dental arches are just compressed and and don't spring back and become big, round arches. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, you know, when you look at pictures of primitive cultures, most of the time, the, the smile's very broad, and, you know, the heads are round, and the arches are round. And for some reason in our modern society, and there have been studies that have, done, that have been done that showed that after a few generations of eating refined food, there tends to be a lot more narrow arches and anterior crowding, mm. crowding in the front teeth, and mm. high, you know, vaulted arches and uh, palates, that kind of thing. Hmm. Oh, so, fascinating. Yeah. So for some reason, that's you know kind of an aspect of modern life, and but it's very it's pretty easily corrected, especially at early ages. I just I think that's great. I, I love the I love the idea of doing things with the least invasiveness as possible. Um, I just think that's fantastic. Yep. So uh, next, we were going to talk about xylitol, which has kind of been a craze lately. Um, yep. You know, even I purchased a whole bunch of stuff on xylitol myself. I think it was last year. So, um, what are your thoughts on xylitol? Well, xylitol is extremely alkalizing, which means that it, you know, it buffers acid. Mm -hmm. And so that's one of the mechanisms that helps it kill bacteria and inhibit bacteria. 
And also that pH change in your mouth helps the minerals of your saliva go into the tooth structure rather than out, rather than demineralization, which you would have in an acid environment. And that's how it helps remineralize the surfaces of teeth. And so it's great to treat the teeth with it, but if you chew gum or eat candies right before a meal, you've basically buffered your stomach acid and it's going to be harder to digest your food. Oh, that's fascinating. It's just like you don't want to take a spoonful of baking soda right before you eat. Uh Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, because we need those digestive enzymes to digest our food. I mean, it's so right. important. Uh huh. So, so not you know not eating it is a good idea. You know, just chewing it, if indeed that works for that person. Right, and swishing with it, and brushing with mm. it, and you know, and between away from meals, some gum or you know something like that. But you know, if you're having a problem with decay, then mm-hmm. I would say you know mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, you know, we tend to be more ascetic people do because we just don't eat well enough and we, all the stressors we have in our life. So I can see why xylitol has made an impact um, in people's mouths just to re- reduce the pH level. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, increase the pH. Increase, yeah, right. to more alkaline. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I did not know that worked. Yeah. Huh, that's fascinating. That's really cool. In the, in the European Dental Societies, they have, um, many years ago, they switched to recommending xylitol instead of fluoride for remineralizing the teeth and, mm. and helping to arrest decay. Hmm. Oh, that's fascinating. That's yeah. just fascinating. Hmm. Blows it way down. Yeah, that's yeah better than fluoride. So in most European countries, then they don't use fluoride, or right? They've they've stopped recommending fluoridation in many European countries. I couldn't name them, but several. Mm-hmm. So, um, in your uh, desire to have your your patients um, use their own intuition, so to speak, their own gut instincts to make decisions, how do you help them do that? Because I'm sure if they're stressed, you know, and they're trying to make this big decision, and they're in the right. chair, and so how do you help them get there? Well, one of the things that I do is I begin to unravel some of the, I'm just going to loosely and not officially call it post-traumatic stress, <laughs> that they, that yeah. they um, may have... Um, when they walk in because of previous dental experiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all know that going to the dentist can be kind of stressful, but if you've been to a dentist who did things to your teeth without your permission and you were felt angry later or they were doing something and you needed them to stop for some reason or you just wanted a break and they kept going, I mean, there are lots of experiences that register in our nervous system as a kind of a violation. Mm-hmm. And so when people walk in, they've got... They've, everybody's got some of that somewhere, you know, maybe it's very mild and not an issue, but for some people, you know, you've got to unravel some of that and find out what has happened and then find a way to uh, approach the discussion that doesn't trigger all those memories and emotions and feelings because when that's going on, they're in a, they're in a fight or flight to some degree and they're not going to really be able to be present or hear what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's if it's severe, but you know, even, even milder cases, I, I kind of just use my gut instincts to gauge whether that person is really informed enough to make a decision. And sometimes I'll give them some guidance on going online and getting other consults and getting other questions answered so that I feel comfortable that when they make a choice, that they really have made a fully informed choice. Mm-hmm. That's important to me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as well. And, and you're really right. I mean, most people, you know, going to the dentist isn't on the top list of things to do, you know, for most people. I mean, no offense to you, Dr. Saboff, by the way. Yeah, I know they can't wait. They're breaking <laughs> the door down. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe in your office they are because <laughs> because you you first recognize that people have stress from, when you have your mouth open, you can't talk and things are happening and, 
you know, if you were younger and you had to do all these things, you know, in your mouth that you didn't really understand and no one talked to you about, you know. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Now, if I'm working with a child and I'm making sure that child is at choice at all times throughout Mm -hmm. the visit so that they're giving us permission at all times, we never force any kind of treatment on anybody, no matter how old they are. And so as the parent is sitting there watching how we are with the child, that Mm -hmm. helps them unravel some of their experiences that they've had in the past as they watch while we extremely respectfully work with that child to gain their trust and their permission. Wow, I think that's fantastic. And you're right, that helps them to heal. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just beautiful. That's wonderful. So we're going to go ahead and go to the phone lines. Who do we have, Eric? Let's talk to Jane in Kirkland. Hi, Jane. How are you? Oh, great. Hi, Marie. Thank you for this great program. And thank you, Dr. Sapoff. My question is on wisdom teeth and cavities. I have a wisdom tooth that actually has a mercury filling in it. Mm-hmm. And I got a pretty good sized cavity in it. And I'm wondering, is it better to have the mercury removed and keep my wisdom tooth, or should I just get rid of my wisdom tooth and the mercury altogether? Well, does that tooth have an opposing tooth? Is it functional and you're using it? Um, Are you able to chew with that one, or is it just hanging out back there on its own? Oh, no, I can chew with it. You chew with it, and you're able to clean around it, all the way around the back of it? Yes, yes. Great. Well, you know, if it's been restored once, you know, and I'm always willing to do whatever acrobatics are necessary to restore teeth <laughs> that I think, you know, somebody is going to be willing to keep clean and make that extra effort. Um, if it can be restored, I think it's probably worth going ahead and, and replacing that and getting a new filling or restoration. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sure. Is, is, is there any reason to ever get rid of our, our wisdom teeth? There are times when there just isn't enough room and they come in sideways or facing backwards and they just can really cause a lot of problems later, especially if they're allowed to stay long enough for their roots to intertwine with the nerve down below. So there are times when, you know, you got to call it and say, yeah, you know, you're going to be better off in the long run if that's gone. But I can't tell you how many times I've looked at x-rays and I look at where the wisdom teeth would have been, and there's plenty of room yeah. for that thing could have been there, and somebody removed it just routinely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see that a lot. So I, I only recommend they be taken out really if there isn't room or somebody cannot or will not keep it clean mm-hmm. back there. Beautiful. All right. Thank you. I appreciate your words of wisdom. Thank you. Thanks, Jane. And who else do we have on the phone lines, Eric? Well, looks like we have got Gretchen calling from Auburn right now. Hi, Gretchen. How are you? Oh, hi. Yes. Um, thank you for taking my call. I just had a question about how often you require x-rays. That's a great question. Um, basically, I, in my office, well, first of all, they're digital, so they're, we have our machine turned all the way down to the lowest setting for uh-huh. radiation. And we use um, plates that are very sensitive to that radiation for making the image. But I will extend the interval out as far as I can. There is a limit. I don't take x-rays unless um, unless I'm either at that limit of the amount of time that's passed or there have been recent problems. If somebody has ongoing, you know, new decay happening, we, we do need to take them a little more frequently and make sure we catch that before the decay gets big and hurts the nerves and everything. But... You know, the, the American Dental Association has um, set boundaries and, you know, um, um, they have protocols for how long, if you go past a certain point, 
Uh, it it basically would be considered negligent, and it's about three years for an adult with no current or, you know, recent decay. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Three mm-hmm. years for, you know, bite wings, um, three to five years for uh, periapical x-rays that show the root tips, like especially on right. teeth with major restorations or previous root canals. Mm-hmm. And the Panorex that goes around the head and is like a cancer screen for the jawbones. And you can see the sinuses and everything on that. That's about five years, mm. once every five years. Mm. And I'll let people stretch that out just, you know, a tiny bit more, but only if I have an agreement that we're going to, you know, go ahead and do that on the next visit. But but mostly I, I do try very hard to stay within those boundaries because it's considered, legally it's considered negligent if I don't do that. And no um, no waivers anybody would sign for me will hold up in court. And unfortunately that's just the reality. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. And what did you call that? Pan- oh, or? Panorex. That's, yeah, that goes around your head, and it gives a big panoramic view of your teeth from one side to the other. And oh, it, it shows the bone really well, but it's a little blurry of the teeth, so you, you can't really diagnose decay from that, but you can see a lot of things on those. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I'm in my 60s, so I don't know if I require a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're so a baby. Young. You're a baby. You're so young. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had all the amalgam removed. Uh, by my dentist in Bellevue, who is also used to be a naturopathic doctor, also, and so he removed all the amalgam and then put in, um, I guess, porcelain or it's a white uh, composite. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I've had also a lot of. I think he does a lot of crowns. Do you do crowns often? No, I hardly ever do crowns because I. He just seems like whenever there's a problem, oh, we have to do a crown, and and subsequently I have about six crowns that I never wanted, and now. They're turning black at the base. That maybe my gum um, line is receding. Then I don't know if that's the crowns that are cu- that's causing that, or is it just an age thing? Well, it may be staining, and it may be that you know the root that's now exposed is a little bit darker than enamel, so that may be why it looks a little dark. Or it may be that the you know, and the crowns do block light, so it's going to look dark. It's that they don't transmit light very well. Mm. Yeah, yeah it's, so that's could... the very base of the crown. I guess it's metal. Mm. If it if that's metal, then you're going to see a black or dark area yes. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i don't do i don't use much metal at all you know just that's uh, good yeah I, it's pretty much a metal free practice oh that's wonderful yeah thank you for taking my call thank you thank you for calling gretchen that's great yeah i only crown teeth if that if the tooth already had a crown uh-huh. because then i don't have a choice if i have to replace a crown you know i have to do another crown but sure otherwise i do something called an onlay which is much more conservative. I'll leave all the remaining enamel that I can and just come up over the top of the tooth to protect the biting surface. Beautiful. That is, it has just been such a pleasure having you on the air today, Dr. Sapoff. So how can people meet you or greet you or, you know, how can they find you? Well, there are a number of ways to find me. Um, Well, like I said, we're in Issaquah. We're on Gilman Boulevard. And the the phone number for the office is 425-427-8899. And we can also be found on the Internet. The website is naturaldentist.com. And there are some videos of me talking about indoor air quality and safe protocols for metal removal and all of that. And um, we're also on Facebook, Natural Dental Health Associates. And I tweet periodically. 
and you blog. Natural Dentist, and I blog. There's a blog on the website, too. There's a couple of blogs out there. I highly recommend the blog. Um, it's I, I loved it. You know, uh, I, I thought it was funny and interesting and very informative, really beautiful things. And I appreciate you using recycled material in your office and decreasing the amount of metal that people have in their mouth. I think that's very important. Yep. I, I don't think our bodies do really well with a lot of metal in, in, in it. You well, know, we're not so. born with that, so yeah. I try to reduce the amount as I go. I think it's fantastic. And I thank you so much for coming on the show. It's just thank been a you. pleasure getting to know you on the airways. Thank you, Marie. This was so much fun. I really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you, and have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we're saying goodbye to Dr. Um, Sapoff and appreciating her information and knowledge on natural dentistry. Really beautiful. And, of course, I'll be back in the studio next week on Tuesday and Thursday. And Tuesday is the day that I don't interview anyone. And I'm getting ready to head to Colorado. Oops. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Little noise there. I'm getting ready to head to Colorado, actually, a week from Sunday to do some recordings on the CDs that I'm making for Sounds True on how to connect to your spirit guide. So I'm really looking forward to that. And, of course, Alyssa and I will be out and about at coffee shops. If you happen to see us, stop by and say hi. I'll be back in the studio on Tuesday and Thursday. And we'll be talking, of course, Boop Camp for the Soul, helping you work on your intuition on Tuesday. And then, of course, I'll be interviewing another guest on Thursday. Wonderful. Yeah. And it was great to have Dr. Sapoff on the air. Yeah. Yeah. She's a a wealth of information there. And during that interview, I'm listening, thinking, boy, I wonder if I really (laughs) had to have my wisdom teeth taken out, you know? Right. But... uh, I, I, I can't feel any space for them, so I imagine that <laughs> right. it probably was a good thing that right. they came out. But right. it is interesting to uh, to go in and think about, uh, get a second opinion, if you will, on things like that. Yeah, no, I think it's fascinating. I, one of my daughters never required braces or her wisdom teeth removed, which is, yay, we're so happy. And then one of our daughters only had to wear braces for like, oh, like six months Yay. Maybe she would have had Invisalign if it was available at that time. Mm. And then our other daughter uh, has had to do the braces and had her wisdom teeth removed. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's up to each individual and how your mouth is and how those teeth are. So I'm glad that it feels like to you got it all going and they're perfect. Well, I'm just saying I had my wisdom teeth removed when I was like 17, I think. Right. And, and, you know, she talked about how so many doctors just do it as just something you do. Right. You know, and uh, it just made me wonder, gee, I wonder if I really needed them out or if it was just something they did. Kind of like how they used to take out tonsils, like, well, you don't really need these. Right. And the appendix and sometimes (laughs) the gallbladder. We're just going to go in there and take it all out. Yeah. Right. And now we're learning that it's really nice if we can keep our organs. (laughs) Yes. No, right. If if they're diseased, of course, and we can't fix them, then yes. Like Dr. Sapoff said, the body can adjust, which it does miraculously. And uh, thank you, Eric. It was just lovely again having you as part of our show, as usual. Always a pleasure, of course. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for listening. It's one of my greatest joys to connect with you wherever you are around the world. Thank you so much, and joyful blessings. Bye-bye. And tune in Tuesday.